So tonight we got Ian and Oliver, and we are going to talk, do sort of a retrospective on Bill Paxton, who recently passed away from complications due to surgery, which yeah. is always kind of a lame thing. You'd think, I don't know, whatever. I don't want to get into well, the it's funny because it's healthcare. Or whenever they say that first, it's always something like, "Oh, complications due to surgery." The immediate assumption is up. Oh, some doctor fucked up, right? Yeah, right. And of course, in this case, it ended up being nope. He uh, he suffered a an aortic aneurysm during the surgery, which caused him to stroke out. So Damn. it's just luck of the draw, kind of like the same way that uh, um, what's his bucket uh joe strummer from the clash i think he had a a similar condition that they didn't know and that's when he had his heart attack that took him so dang yeah yeah right it's just it's a crazy shit but um young too 61 god yeah yeah he had he had he had a a whole new window of time where that he could have played in as the Bill Paxton type roles, but as an elder Bill Paxton type roles, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't, I didn't watch any of uh, training day yet, but I did catch a couple of clips following, you know, and news sites on the internet. Of course, they're like all his last interviews were all about that show. So you've got a little few things in there. And I got to say, like what I saw of just him was enough to make me be like, okay, I'll check this show out. But sadly, I guess it's, over now yeah or they'll write it out i mean i don't know anything about is it that uh, i mean he was the lead character yeah well it's like it takes place um in in uh i think something like 10 years after the events of the film but it's the same police department and i guess the same theme just with bill paxton being a kind of rogue cop so i don't know um i i'll probably check out the episodes he did at least just to see it but but yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that they're going to continue the show now that he's died because he was the main character, according to everything else I've read. Yeah, well, who knows? They might pivot some way or do something. But yeah, yeah maybe. But yeah. yeah, so so I was just kind of thinking about him, like because it's it's like it. I didn't really expect it to hit me as hard as it did when when I read the news in the morning. It was just like, wait really like are you kidding me <laughs> and and it's because he's just one of those guys that that just like he's so natural in everything that he did and and it's like uh, he always people talk about him having that everyman quality while also having this super like excited like wild um energy and it's like but but i feel like the thing that really came through the most that made him so successful as an actor is he always seemed like a real guy like like his Hudson and Aliens, for example, it's like he's a total wuss and a total like jackass, but he's also a soldier, and it's like they, he feels so real that that it's like you always remember the characters he played. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I agree. I mean, he see comes up. I mean, you you you'll definitely probably know more about about him as a character. <laughs> You've seen more of his movies most recently. I. I just through happenstance had happened to see uh, Terminator and Aliens. I was just in the movie yeah. to watch this uh, probably about two or three weeks before before he died. Wow! So yeah. I, I mean that Terminator he's in it for thirty seconds, but it is a yep. mem- it is a memorable <laughs> moment. I think 
for a lot oh, of yeah. reasons. I mean, if that wasn't Bill Paxton, it still would have been a memorable moment. But I think because it was, maybe that's a retroactive thing. You're like, oh, that was Bill Paxton. <laughs> yeah, that's what I remember about yeah. rewatching Terminator long after I'd first seen it and like getting to know Bill Paxton's work. I was like, wait a minute, is that who I? That's Bill Paxton. What in the world? <laughs> like, it's like, uh, and then suddenly everything made sense, like aliens and and uh, and true lies, the whole James Cameron connection, right. and then. Catherine Bigelow and the same thing with Near Dark. And then even that like ridiculous do you remember that the the Charlie Sheen flick that he did in the nineties, uh Navy SEALs? Oh well, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, like he him, Charlie Sheen, Michael Bean is in that too. Right. So it's like what? <laughs> like you start noticing there's all these actors that he just worked with again and again and again. Um uh, like even Aliens is is Lance Henriksen from Terminator and and um and also, um, Jeanette Goldstein, is that her last name from Aliens? Uh, she played, um, um, is she the pilot? Vasquez. Oh, Vasquez, right, okay. Yeah. And she's the, she's, um, I, I just watched Near Dark again yesterday and I'm already forgetting the character's name. She's but in she, that. <laughs> yeah, she's Henriksen's, uh, uh, girlfriend in the, of the vampire crew, so. Um, but yeah, so it's like, these guys all just kept working with each other again and again and again. And I just think that kind of weird happenstance is so, so neat about it. So I don't know. Yeah. You do, you do see that with a lot of things. And that's, I think that always makes, makes me, makes me feel kind of like, well, that's cool. You know, that people, they work together, they get along, they have a rapport, they keep Mm -hmm. working together. And, And you can tell that they can maybe arrive at like a shorthand. And like you said, get to something that's maybe a little more authentic or a little more natural. It, yeah, it, absolutely. It, I I guess I don't necessarily have that problem. I think some people have a problem with uh, actors or performances maybe when it feel like I, I, I can oddly a lot of times and I think I talked about this even in the in the Logan uh, podcast that I just mm-hmm. did with Zach, this idea where I can kind of watch a movie and I talked definitely talked about it in the Inception podcast, where I can like watch a movie and right. be drawn into the movie, but I can also kind of do this meta appreciation of, like, the production, sort of. Not, right. that, I, not that I know, and I mean, I've done a few movies, a few things and stuff, but not like I'm an expert <laughs> on that stuff. But just this sense of, like, oh, you can tell, it almost seems like, yeah, you can tell, look, they're having fun doing this, and this is, a you know, a group of people that know how to work together well, and, and that makes Absolutely. it a more enjoyable process or something. So, yeah, um... Yeah, absolutely. And, um, but yeah, uh, I think it's like, so I hadn't seen one false move until yesterday. Have you ever seen that one? I think I've seen parts of it and maybe seen all of it. That's the one where, uh, is he the killer in that one? No, no. He's the Billy one. Bob. Billy Bob's Billy Bob. the killer and he's the one, he's like a marshal chasing after him or. No, it, it's, uh, it's, so the script is actually co-written by Thornton, which I thought was really kind of cool. And so it's like 1992 little indie thriller. Right. Um, but it's, uh, so Billy Bob's character and, and, uh, two other people rip off a drug dealer and kill everybody kind of in the process of doing it in Los Angeles. And it turns out that they find out like there's a family connection to, uh, star city, Arkansas, where, um, where, uh, uh, Paxton's character is the chief of police. And so it's like, so, so everything just all sort of 
kind of careens towards this little town and and you find out all these weird kind of dark secrets about the characters and and it was just really kind of incredible to to see him taking because I guess that's his breakout sort of leading role um at, at least I was reading elsewhere that that was it and right. and it's like and I totally could like had that feeling like wow look at this guy well watching it i was like this guy's gonna be a fucking like huge megastar and it's like of course i already, he already knew that he was but it's you still kind of get that feeling watching it because he's just so goddamn good in the movie it's it's he really just takes the whole the whole show and and i always kind of felt like he kind of does that too in his uh supporting roles as well i mean it's like every time you see him on screen you just want to keep seeing him being him or doing whatever he's doing yeah i think what i like is and i i'd say you talk about his naturalness and and i i would agree there though i feel like he he definitely you talk about him as like sort of a lead um mm-hmm. i feel like more or less I would categorize him primarily as do, doing mostly character type stuff within two realms. Oh, for sure. Within two realms, though, where he is mm-hmm. sort of a co-lead more, more often than not. Um, you know, he's either kind of kind of a bit of a comedic relief thing, like in Aliens mm-hmm. or like in True Lies, and he's good in that. Like, and you can tell he gets the joke, but he's able to play the character too in a way that works. You know. Right and or like you said, like one false move, a simple plan, a lot of other things. Where yeah, he's so, he's, a simple plan is just wow. I was gonna get to that too. Right. Like, man, I love that film. Where he's sort of that every man, but there's he's usually entrenched in some sort of a I don't know for lack of a better term like neo noir crime hmm. seediness. You know, so I, I I don't get. I mean, I don't know that he ever kind of really ever portray i mean i guess there's things like twister you know where he's the lead yeah. and he's just like a guy and he has that sort of aw shucks quality sort of to him that, yeah. that i that i that i like um and i think <laughs> yeah. i think makes him relatable and appealing he's um well uh, that's the everyman quality right right it's, it's like, that but he yeah. also has kind of a, a look that isn't um you, you know he doesn't look like a movie star necessarily right i mean yeah. i mean he's not unattractive or whatever but he's but he's not like you know dashingly handsome either. He, he looks like the, right. like a guy that could work at the mill or something. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, and that's funny you say that because I think his father was in the lumber industry, and that's like where he like, and uh, um, so he would he kind of was raised in that in that kind of working class environment. But his I guess uh, I was reading about it. His dad was like a real big supporter of the arts, so it's like the minute his kids wanted. Showed any interest in anything artistic, he'd just like go all out at it for them. So it's like ah, interesting yeah, beginnings. <laughs> that's pretty cool. It sounds like uh, he met Cameron working with working yeah, with, him, with Corman building stuff for Corman. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I thought that was really cool. Like I didn't, it, I never knew that I, that that they had met uh, doing that sort of stuff, and that that was just cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is because I mean Cameron didn't use him in everything, but Cameron seemed to find yeah. a place for him. I mean, he was in Titanic for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's and weirdly enough, more people remember his role in Titanic than than half the other things he's been in. I mean, you'll always see Bill Paxton, actor from Titanic and Aliens. Right. Or something like that, you know, but it's like how many people ever mention Near Dark? Maybe you'll get a mention of weird science more often than right, that because yeah. that role is just so iconic and hilarious and 
And, um, but yeah, like not many people bring up Tombstone or Apollo 13 or as you mentioned earlier, a uh, simple plan, which I think is like, God, one, one of my favorite films by, uh, Sam Raimi right. for sure. And just like such a cool kind of almost Greek tragedy yeah. of a film like definitely uh, ha- ha- has kind of a, a cohen quality which if you know anything about sam, yeah. sam raimi's pedigree working with the cohen brothers it makes that's sense that's right it's one of his only uh uh it's kind of more more scaled back from what people would expect in a quote sam raimiism kind of <laughs> right yeah uh, i'm sure the old meal works its way in there at some point but, <laughs> yeah but, but there's yeah, not a lot that... of crazy dancing dancing stop motion zombies or anything yeah for sure <laughs> i was gonna say like man that oldsmobile does make it into every single one of his films somewhere doesn't it it's got to it's got to it's important <laughs> it's important that you do these things um for sure yeah and so like getting back to like what i was saying about him being kind of like not just like a glorified character actor but the, you mm-hmm. talk about him starting with like uh chet and weird science and then right. and then moving into like hicks and aliens and right. similar kind of I don't know, for lack of a better term, again, uh, sort of like jock type, asshole types. But sure, then, but yeah. then, but then you do, if you really do look at where he ends up and what he does, he he's able to kind of parlay that into greater depth with other characters. But then also oh, yeah. still go back and play like just an absolute goofball in something like True Lies. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's that's the other thing. Like he his his range was so wide in that sense. Like he wasn't afraid to to do these silly kind of goofball roles like true lies and, and even like reprising the character he played in the three, uh, Rodriguez kids movies, the spy kids movies, like, you know, just being a total ridiculous stereotype of a character, but it's like, he could do that and then be, you know, on, on big love for however many seasons that ran playing that character. And he just, could turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it off. He just had that kind of ability, which is pretty, pretty rare, I think. Yeah, and for that to to, to be natural, I think is is, is mm-hmm. good. It, it, it just, I just, I think it just gets back to, and I mean, I don't know anything about the guy, but just if he started working, you know, building stuff on movies, and then yeah. eventually got a break, got some kind of break, and made things happen, you, you, I guess you get a sense that you know he was just a real working actor that appreciated that and took things seriously, even in the jokey stuff. Yeah, I never. I think I saw like a third of an episode of Big Love. I don't know if that's a, does that show you have any experience with, or at least his performance I, in that. I watched. Um... I watched every season except for the last season because my wife was watching it at the time, and and I liked it because I like Chloe Sevigny and I like I like Bill Paxton a lot, and then of course you know his, the his the uh, uh, Harry Dean Stanton is in there, and all these other like just veteran kind of character actors who are not playing characters so to speak i mean they like they are but they're not like hamming it you know what i mean it's it's like they're all so much more reserved and 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 uh and real yeah in that show and it's it's that's kind of what drew me into it and then you know like most shows it kind of you can always tell when they're kind of they've gone has taken something as far as they can you know because they start to like peter out a little bit near the end and get soap opera yeah, exactly. And it's like once it gets a little too soapy, it's is when I usually just walk away or yeah. stop, you know. 
Definitely. But but that's, I mean, that, that's the impression I think that I sort of maybe got just seeing bits about of the show. Not not, not over that much, but like he can, mm-hmm. in, a, in a weird way, he belongs to like a handful of other performers, and, you know, uh, certain kinds of actors that, um, I don't know, almost may, maybe kind of like John Goodman and Roseanne or yeah. uh, Clint Eastwood to a degree where there are characters that can have a depth and have a humor, but there's always mm-hmm. this kind of like sense that like okay you know you have to be a little scared of these guys you know like, like right. <laughs> i don't know once again this will be my third time in like 10 minutes or 20 minutes or however long we've been recording it feels like 10 um uh for lack of a better term they have this kind of uh scary dad quality that they can yeah. do if they want to you know <laughs> you know where it's like okay which, he's being which... quiet and he's just reading the paper but mm-hmm. if if shit needs to go down oh shit and so he could do that too you know and i mean if you look at his first feature directorial film uh he literally did that mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean have you, have you ever seen frailty no no i don't oh think man so, yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh it's a good one it's crazy he so he plays this it's sort of told as like a flashback but basically, he's this normal guy who starts hearing a voice like he believes God is telling him to hunt down these like rapists and murderers and, oh, wow. and child molesters and things and and exact justice on them. And it's like in order for him to discover if they are such a person, it's like he has to touch them. So it's based on a Stephen King story. So it's got this that kind of dead zone quality where it's like. Where, you know, how he touches people and sees a, f- a future sort of thing. Except when Paxton's character touches them, he sees all the horrible shit they've done. Oh, it's like uh, Unbreakable. Yeah, and he gets his kids to help him exact this divine justice on on these people. And it's, whew, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely moments where I was like, oh my god, Bill Paxton, you're scaring the hell out yeah. of me. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of where I'm coming from with it. Is that I think I I think I remember that movie. I don't know that I ever saw it or saw all of it, or if I saw it, it was 20 years ago or whatever. But but I, I do remember like between that and uh, and one false move and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, this guy was kind of I guess he was the jokey guy at Aliens, but now he's doing these sort of more indie. Like I said, that you know, even in Simple Plan, where it's just their right. their crime. There's there's a darkness to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, these neo noir type types of roles, um, and then the westerns too. It's yeah, like, like Frank, he plays uh, Frank, Frank James and Je- uh, Frank and Jesse James, and uh, Vir- uh, not Virgil. Why am I blanking? Which one? Morgan Earp and all that, right? And then the Hatfields and the McCoys, which came out a, a ways back, and I guess he was just also in another one of those uh, History Channel miniseries events, the Texas Rising thing. Oh wow! Yeah, um, busy man, busy man. Well, yeah, and just, I guess, just, and he was a villain on Agents of the Shield and Edge of Tomorrow, Nightcrawler, like all that stuff. Like he really, yeah, he really kind of just did it. Yeah, he just made. I think he's just one of those guys that liked to work and kept working. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. cool. I I think he may have had a few other creative things going on. I feel like maybe he got involved in the comic book game. Somebody, you know, somehow. Um, I don't know if he was involved in comic books. I did see something about him uh, lending his likeness and voice to a video game. Actually, Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare. Hmm. Apparently. Um, 
So there's that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. He's yeah, the dude the dude definitely I mean, prolific is a very is an often overused word, but I think he fits the bill on it. For sure. Well, definitely because I think for for two reasons that we've discussed already, you know, his mm-hmm. his range as a performer, doing tiny little cameo funny things or doing these darker, more involved, more complex things. And mm-hmm. then and then just, you know, spanning between being on a show, being on a couple right. sh- being on a couple shows being on and a still of still them, doing yeah. still doing feature work and stuff, you know. I mean, it's not like he just decided, okay, I'm going to be on an HBO show for for years and not really be on in movies anymore. I mean, maybe there no. maybe there was less of him in, in movies because of that for a bit, but you know, he didn't just kind of settle, I, I guess. He just kept kept working and kept showing up to the party and I think there was always I don't know. Like I think because of some of those earlier roles, and like you said, you kind of get mm-hmm. a nostalgia seeing seeing him, you know, as Hicks, you know, or not as Hicks <laughs> as Hudson. Uh, right. Cameron breaks the screenwriting rule of naming characters with the same letter right off the bat. <laughs> in that doesn't he? <laughs> oh yeah, Hicks and yeah, Hudson. he does. <laughs> um, um, well, and but they make a joke about it in the script too, don't they? It's like yeah, where he, does. He, he says something to him, he's like he's like I'm Hudson, he's Hicks, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that whole thing. The, com- the command, the commanding <laughs> officer guy does it. Yeah, who knows? Let's, let's pretend. That, let's pretend that happened happened as one of those happy accidents on set, and the actor got the name wrong, and they just went with it. I kind of hope so. I to can, be honest, I can I can almost see Paxton in that role doing it that way because that scene is is fairly like you said naturalistic and that that's another reason that that movie ends up working so well is because those mm-hmm. performers are good i mean uh michael bean's kind of just doing reese you know again mm-hmm. you know just kind of quiet and you know like something yeah like, like low-end clint eastwood or something but it still works for that character anyway oh for sure but yeah just doing all all of those different things but you're always kind of um I mean, I don't know. Like, I saw, I, I watched Agents of Shield for a season or two, and I remember him showing up in that and being like, "Oh, that's cool! It's Bill Paxton. They're up in the ante with it." And I'm like, "Is he going to be bad guy Bill Paxton or good guy Bill?" Paxton? <laughs> you know, and yeah, there's always that window when you're kind of one way or the other, and he's one of those those performers where. Um, I kind of always root for him until, you know, he, he's gone. Until he does something. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always kind yeah. of like on his side. I'm like, yeah, he's being a little harsh here. He's a little weird. Or, uh, okay. It's bad guy, Bill Paxton. Okay. Uh, well, yep, there we go. I, I can enjoy this too now, but I don't have that anxiety of like, no, don't be bad guy, Bill Paxton. <laughs> I want good guy, Bill For sure. I want to yeah, love he's, you. Yeah, for sure. God. Yeah, he's also one of those actors that, like, him and, and uh, Sean Bean, they just die on camera a lot. Yeah. Oh, man. He's, like, got so many deaths. And and him and Lance Henriksen are the two only actors, I guess, to uh, be killed by an alien, a Terminator, and a Predator. <laughs> so that's... There's there's something there. <laughs> that's a fun a fun one to, to put onto the... the uh, Oh, that's the right. list of achievements. He yeah. was in Predator, Predator too. Predator Two. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, I am gonna miss him. Oh, yeah, that sucks. It's, Especially because yeah. he would have just gotten more old and like like gravelly. He would have done some great western roles, probably. Oh, and he would have done sure. some great like just dumb comedy stuff. Yeah. Oh man, that is too bad. 
Yeah. Oh, I well. know that that's what I keep coming to. It's like when you see him in a movie, it's like, it's like, fuck, I'm never going to see a new Bill Paxton thing. Yeah. You know, like again from this, like there's maybe what there's training day. And I guess there's some film he was right. doing that was in post-production right now. So it's like, damn, that sucks. It's like, cause I remember when he pops up in Nightcrawler like, or edge of tomorrow and Nightcrawler, right. both of them, I did not know he was right. in the films. Cause I didn't see any trailers. I didn't see any, uh, posters for them with his name on it. So it's like when he shows up, it's like, Oh my God, it's you. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, thank God. Yeah. And, and he just, uh, again, edge of tomorrow as the drill sergeant, just, just kills it you yeah. know he's he knows he's what he's so doing he, do, he doesn't yeah. he doesn't overplay it but he still kind of still steals those scenes a bit mm-hmm. yeah i i agree i'm 100 percent. you know it's one of those things where i mean now that he's dead you probably get a lot of people like, and i feel like i'm doing this kind of too like i wouldn't be mm-hmm. doing this if he, he hadn't i wouldn't just do a bill paxton retrospective i mean maybe if he had like retired or something and there right. was some he drew there was some attention drawn to it but it's it is one of those like which I think is the right way to do it, you know, like the right way as a performer yeah. to be. It's not like, oh, it's a big deal as persons in this movie. It's that you don't really necessarily know. And then when you see them pop up, you're like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just, it just kind of intensifies the, the overall enjoyment of the whole thing. Cause yeah. it's like, cause when you do kind of start to, I guess, um, I don't know what the word is. I, I just like fall in love with somebody's, as an actor or somebody's style, somebody's quirks. And, and so seeing them can make a really mediocre shitstorm of a movie, at least that much enjoyable while they're on screen. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of the case with a, a good number of films that he made. I'm not going to pretend that everything he made was golden, but, but there was definitely, he was always, always fun to watch. Yeah. When, when everybody else was annoying and, and terrible. <laughs> yeah, he he knew what he was doing, and he went mm-hmm. and did did what he what was right for the for the role for the situation. Mm-hmm. I uh, I definitely appreciated it. So, was there anything <laughs> anything specific about about any of the the, the movies, or the roles that, that you wanted to get into, or I mean, oh man, just kind of. We, we just did justice on this one, you know? Just you know. I kind of feel... Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I feel about it. I don't know. It's like I was just thinking about... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've said almost everything I could say about the man, to be honest. It's yeah. like he's he's just... It sucks that he's gone. It really fucking sucks. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to uh, dig into... I mean, yeah. Yeah, every time I yeah. every time I watch something, I'll probably do a little note of it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's like, but yeah, like, like man, like I was trying to think, like, because when I rewatched Near Dark, I remembered like the first time I saw it, just being like, man, that guy's fucking insane. <laughs> like yeah. that guy's that guy's vicious. And it's like, and it's like, oh, that's Bill Paxton. Wait, that's Bill Paxton. <laughs> like what? Like that character, I think, is definitely one of his like most like just out there like completely different from almost everything he's ever done right yeah and it's like i like watching it like that scene in the bar where they just kill all those people and he starts like he walks up to the guy and does the whole like shh thing like it's oh god it's like there were moments where i'm like laughing at him and then where i'm like legitimately like jesus christ you creepy son of a bitch like he that he could go 
from one extreme to another so quickly, like just yeah. like by snapping his fingers for lack of a better word. And it, yeah, that just like really does it for me. Like that, that's the kind of actor that I just like want to keep watching again yeah. and again and again. Yeah. You can, you can for a bit and then you need to take a break because ah, it's just, too oh, much. Sure. It's just too much. my heart can only take so many of these back and forths. Yeah, for yeah. sure. No, I agree. Oh, I remember Near Dark. I think I've only seen Near Dark once, or maybe like one and a half times, or something. You know, like part end of it on TV at some point. Oh yeah. man, watch it again. It's I will. It's I, great. That's, every now and again, I um, you know, if I'm having a, having a good uh, a good time on a Saturday night, just chilling out, I got my laptop out. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll peruse Amazon, and and I won't buy anything, but I'll put it on the wish list so that that way, when I'm you know you know more more sober, for lack of a better term, <laughs> I'll go through and be like, ah, oh, okay, yes, yes, you know, yeah, <laughs> you could get yourself in trouble with like, oh, nine dollars on Blu-ray, you know, that adds up after, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but for I'll, sure. That's when I think I definitely. Now that I want to revisit it, I will probably look to, to purchase it and see if I can find a reasonable priced copy. Somewhere. Yeah, good luck because it's like an out of print Blu-ray oh, now. Of I course, think. It is, you might yeah. you might have to just Amazon, uh, you know, their whole streaming service. Yeah. Or whatever. But um, but yeah, man, it's that movie is just great. It, it's like. I know a lot of people are when it you think like eighties vampire movies, everybody'll always say like Fright Night or Lost Boys, but for me it's hands down the best one is is uh, near dark right. easily. It's the- just it's just like the mother of eighties vampire movies to me. And, then- and it's got this fantastic tangerine dream score right. and like and and the actors in it are all just so good. <laughs> you know? And I think it's like '87. That would have been like the around right after Aliens. I Pretty, think maybe the same year, even yeah. Right? That's yeah. Darn close. It's darn close. I, eight, yeah. It, the, a year later. Yeah. A year later, yeah. and three of the and three of the actors were all in Aliens together. So it's like, and of course it's Catherine Bigelow. So you've got all the James Cameron connections in there as well. It's it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, it's just fantastic film. Let's see. Side side note, but I mean, so we've got. 80s alien, uh, 80s vampire. Yeah, those are those are three win- good ones you mentioned. But in that same realm, <laughs> you've got like the Hunger, right? That was the one. Oh yeah, that's Bowie. true. The Hunger. That was really sort of surreal. Uh, Tony Scott. Uh, I don't know who did the score for that. I remember the uh, the Bauhaus oh, song, man. but yeah, if... the Bauhaus, basically the Bauhaus music video opening. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like that about the movie. Uh, yeah, that I always that one always sort of struck me a bit. It's really strange because it. It's so outside of the what what his career path followed, right? Like that he would start with that, and then and then go into these huge budget action movies because it's such an art film, you know. For a van- I mean, it's a genre film, but it's right. like that film was like has all this that erotic tension and that crazy cinematography and and this like whole meditation on death, <laughs> and it's like. It's it's so like like it's like until somebody told me it was a Tony Scott film, I wouldn't have believed you. Like right. I just wouldn't like yeah. So, t- sorry to go on a tangent there. <laughs> no, no, I, I I instigated it. I don't know. Yeah, I was actually working at at uh, the Arrow Theater when I think I had just started working there. Maybe let me see what the year was because uh, we did the they they rented. Ha- the theater to basically screen um, the Hatfields and McCoys 
And I guess I, I missed Paxton. I didn't get to meet him. He was, he was one of those guys like, man, I would love to shake your hand. Yeah, sure, <laughs> like yeah. this guy. Like, like, I mean, I met, I ended up meeting, um, uh, uh, oh, how am I blanking on his name right now? Uh, der- Costner? Was he yes, in that? Okay, yes, anyway. yes. I met Costner. Because I was like coming into work and he was talk like came out to ask some questions and I was like, oh, fuck, like we're the same height. <laughs> <laughs> like I always knew he was tall. I just didn't realize like, wow, he's like six, three, six, four. It's like, damn, that'll, that's crazy. <laughs> that'll work, huh? Yeah. But yeah, so it's like that was one of those things that just popped into my head. It's like, yeah, I uh, missed out on that opportunity. Would have loved to meet that guy. Yeah. But yeah, my uh, the guy, the programmer who who's um, one of the people that kind of kept me there for as long as I managed to stay and and all that. He uh, he said Bill Paxton was the first and only person to ever call him Mister Moniger, <laughs> which I I thought well that's that's kind of touching <laughs> and poignant, like because it's like everything you read about this guy is like is just like over almost over the top in praise like people like personal praise kind of stuff and it's like yeah i kind of i kind of feel like if if it wasn't true it's like i don't actually i don't know where i'm going with this i just feel like it sort of like shows in like you get that sense from him as a performer as well yes like that this is somebody that for whatever his character is, like he's a guy you probably could like chum with at a bar and have a beer. Sure, yeah. You know, like, and we talked about a little bit of his backstory. Where yeah, he built stuff and was friends with Cameron, and they kept working together. And right, he, he yeah. worked with other people. And I mean, there's always. I mean, there's, yeah, there's always all... people gushing and gushing and gushing and sad and devastated and all this stuff and and. But it's like you really kind of get the sense that this guy was was one of the good ones. Yeah, you know? just like one of those genuine down to earth motherfuckers. Like, and so yeah, <laughs> I guess that's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that that says a hell of a lot. What your programming director said said because that's yeah that's he's not going to be presumptuous about about being overly familiar with this guy. You know, right. he, he's going to refer to him you know by more of a formal title because it's i mean this is the guy that runs runs the establishment yeah. that he's yeah, exactly a guest at or you know whatever <laughs> right so that speaks to yeah that speaks to i'd say a depth of character that you can see in in, in the softer yeah. softer elements of of the roles and right. and that i think it's, yeah well, it, so it forms many... his more is more zany ones too probably mm-hmm. yeah well it's because so many actors in la like when i was working at the theater it's like they just kind of like walk in like they own the place kind of thing mm-hmm. and it's like you kind of get that it to a degree like if if you're trying to just go in and do something and get it done with and get out which yeah. a lot of those screenings especially around awards time when you get guests for q a it's mostly because they're campaigning for awards yeah and it, it's it's like it's just like really refreshing to even hear any story about somebody who's just there to have fun and be and be there and enjoy it with everyone and like he seems like he was one of those kind of guys well that's cool that's a good 
good spot, I guess, to end it off. We don't like have yeah. star. We're not going to give star <laughs> rating to Bill Paxton's career. I think. You know. oh, <laughs> what I mean, anything less than five would be criminal. Yeah, I think I think the, the cumulative side. He he did it right for a lot of reasons, and he brought more yep. to the table than he needed to, even in the smaller roles. So it yeah. ba- it balances out, and you definitely end up in a in a five scenario for him. Yeah, cool. absolutely.